Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Mailbag. My name is Damo and Clarky is also here. Yeah, let yeah. <laughs> By popular demand, DR from Supercoach with DR is back with us. Mate, we had requests for you to come back, so thank you for making time for us. After last time you, you were on, are you ready for another whirlwind? Oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely stoked to join you two again. So I uh, had had an absolute ball last time and uh, could not be happy to be here. Been struggling in Supercoach, but uh, <laughs> yeah, great to be with uh, you two legends again. Thanks for having me, boys. And Clarky, I've been told yes. to rib you for the weekend's result, but I won't do that. Um, it, 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 it was a good game despite the result not going your way. Um, oh, yeah. But oh, I, Cozzy Pickett told Brandon Walker how to play. Oh, I'm Damo. I'm a gracious winner. Ooh. <laughs> I'm, tr- <laughs> I'm, okay. I, I'm, tr- I'm trying. I'm I trying. Have, I have so I I had the worst time at that game. I, like, Melbourne are done. Like, we're done. This is, like, <laughs> this, this feels like the beginning of the end. Like, I watched for Sean Darcy got injured and then I proceeded to watch for say let's say 60% of a game Max Gorn and Brody Gun- Grundy tapping it to Sarong and Brayshaw on the reg like that's just that's just depressing stuff to and like I don't anyone who watched the game there's a moment where a ball goes inside Melbourne's Melbourne's 50 Bailey Fritch makes a lead to it. Charlie Spargo makes a lead to it. And they both bump into each other and nobody marks the ball and Frio then just grab it and then exit 50. Like, it's... Uh, <laughs> this is... Do something different, Goody. For the love of God. Like, just be adaptable. Keep the guys accountable. Don't stick to a system that is consistently causing issues. Like, let the players play and use the system as a loose framework. Like, oh... Hey, you've got an opportunity this Friday against another struggling team in Carlton, so we'll see which team is the real dumpster fire after this Friday night. Oh my god. Oh, I'm going to that one as well. Oh. <laughs> DR, we just had the mid season draft, so hopefully there are some cheapies on the horizon coming in soon. We were talking beforehand and you said that you have no idea about anyone at, at all. Um, have you had a look at the list since? Yeah, well, probably one that, that does stand out to me is Mr. Arnold. I think if they're drafting here for need, looking at a bloke to go down back, then I think that's good signs. They want him, obviously, to play now. So I hope that he's in nice and early. I couldn't tell you much about him as a, as a scorer, what he's done in the past, but simply if you're looking for someone to fill that void, looks like that's what they've really targeted with that pick. So he's probably one that does stand out to me, mate, I think. Yep. So Sydney drafted Harry Arnold, 24-year-old, intercepting key defender from the Brisbane's VFL program. Um, he has come into the team after Paddy McCartan has been um, put on the inactive list for them. So he'll probably come in and play a pretty similar role. So he's someone to definitely look out for Um and he's got a week or so to get their to get their system um, in place for him. So if there's a chance that we could see him straight after the Sydney buy, which would be very handy for us. We'll probably come in at the 102k um, price point. Other other names to point out: um, Ryan Marrick got drafted to West Coast. He's a keyish sort of medium tall kind of thing for the 
kind of position in the forward line. He's he's he's, he's an awkward height at one ninety centimeters. Um, he can play tall, can play small. He's probably the best talent um, of the list of that was taken. Um, Richmond Not only took that, he ticks West, West, all of West Coast boxes by being alive and healthy. <laughs> Uh, Richmond drafted, had two picks, in fact. They drafted um, Matt Coulthard from the Glenelg Tigers in the Sandful. He um, adds to their Mosquito fleet and replenishes what they lost in Jason Castagna. And they also drafted um, me- medium defender, kind of like a Nick Flostone clone um, from the Richmond VFL program. So both of those players are a chance to feature for um, Andrew McWalter in the back half of the season. Other two names that stand out to me is Caleb Poulter, um, ex-Collingwood player, was was picked up by Western Bulldogs. Um, He was playing for Footscray's VFL program, so been under their nose all season. And to be honest, probably fills a need for them with some of that outside run that they've kind of been using Jack McRae for, which um, we kind of hope that doesn't happen anymore. Well, teaming him up with Oscar Baker, I think, could be really good for them on either wings or, as you said, moving the ball quickly. And as as you've seen, like they picked up Oscar Baker in the pre preseason draft or preseason period. So, you know, Western Bulldogs have a very clear like say what you want about the Bevo salad in terms of selection and role, but he he does seem to have some kind of clear vision of what he needs and what he's going to use people for. And the last selection I want to um, highlight is Geelong selected Mitch Hardy from the Sandful. Um, he was playing for, uh, I believe, Woodfield West Torrens. He's a big-bodied inside mid. Um, he In recent games, he had 31 and 28 disposals. Tackling machine. He can cover the likes of an injured Dangerfield, Mitch Duncan, those kinds of players. Um, who knows how far away Cam Guthrie is, but he's another one who could possibly come in pretty soon and um, contribute to their program and help them kind of get back on track to defend their um, to defend their premiership. So just a few names to look out for um, on the selection table. Beautiful. Well, uh, it'll be an absolute godsend if we can get just even two or three of these blokes to get some early games. We know how hard it's been with cash gen lately. So particularly at a rookie price, yeah, fingers crossed, fingers crossed that at least a couple of these blokes come through. I really like the sound of Harry Arnold, so I hope he does come in because he would be a great player to be able to bring in after Sydney's buy this week to give you another number for um, 13, 14, and 15. Agreed. Let's get to the questions. There's a lot here. Like I said, DR, you are back by popular demand. It's yeah, nice when kind, a guest mate. too kind. It's nice when the guest is more well sought after than we are. Uh, I don't know about that. You're <laughs> pumping me up here, boys. Yeah, the head's getting bigger here. <laughs> Our first question comes from uh, Jesse Munro via Twitter. Um, good friend of ours, um, co-host of the Story Mode Gaming podcast. So go and check that out. He wants to know for those who have had bad luck with injuries etc who have had to burn through their trades what rookies can we safely keep and he's asked specifically about Sheasel, Ashcroft and Humphrey 
well, safely keep. I'd be happy to keep all of them. I just think that it's going to be a struggle if you're looking to upgrade your side. Look, ideally, I think that would be fantastic to be able to have on your bench as that M9 or F7 type pick. But I just don't know how many coaches will actually have the luxury of being able to do that. Uh, I know in my situation, they're the type of blokes that I need to get cash from in order to get my final premiums in. So, yeah, if you can be afforded that luxury, absolutely. But uh, I don't think it's going to be realistic for for many coaches anyway. Well, it's one of those things. It's it's going to be a mix of luxury to trade and then or necessity to keep. Really, like those three are probably the three main ones. I would probably argue. So I was on the the earlier pod with Leck this week, and we did have a discussion about Ashcroft. Where I think at the time my position was well. He provides decent depth because he plays well at the Gabba, not because he plays well away from home, which seems to be the trend that's emerged. Like, not that he's untalented, but you know, you know how it is. Like, it's that they have that fortress, and that's where he shines. Um, but I've kind of flipped around on that, where I would say I feel comfortable keeping Sheasel because he's been relatively consistent. Um, in terms of North Melbourne, in terms of role. In fact, I would say he's probably getting more opportunity through his skill as the season rolls on and North kind of goes, well, it doesn't matter. Like, let's just let's just work something out that's going to work for us long-term and we can play through it and we get all these games against quality oppositions who are still, you know, not to say North Melbourne aren't trying, but, you know, it's like, well, if they play, they played Collingwood last week. Realistically, you have to imagine that they were like, well, we can stick it to them, but they're probably a bit too cohesive to let not let us to let us get over the front of them. Um, Humphrey as well. His new his current role has just come out of nowhere, and uh, this is probably a side note, guys. But is it weird that Gold Coast look better without Took Miller? Is that is that horrible to say? <laughs> like. Took Miller is fantastic, but it's just something like Bailey Humphrey is a, is a part of that as well. Like the way that they're using him in the center bounces a bit more and somebody that they really want to use like with the ball. And that's, it's perfectly fieldable, which is green tick A, but also B it's like, well, he's still in the stage of, we want him to make money anyway. So we're not looking at trading him immediately. Um, like I think even through this buy, I'd probably, I'm probably looking to hold him through the buy. Um, or his buy specifically, because he's probably if he scores well again this, this week at TIO, um, which in all likelihood it looks like they play quite well up there, then I may as well hold on to that cash generation because we're starting to stall with the rookies as well. So, you know, we're upgrading, but then we're bringing in these guys who even the mid-season draftee guys, like there's no guarantee that any one of them really gets three games. Even Harry Arnold, who's filling a very specific role that Paddy McCartan is unfortunately out for the rest of the year. Like, well, okay, but they might do the same thing and go, well, he's not exactly what we need. Throw throw the dart out there and see who it hits and we'll try something else. All very good points. And I kind of agree with your point about Turk Miller as well. It, without him in that center bounce setup, it it kind of feels more, I don't know, is dynamic the word? Um, yeah. So, but he looks, but um, Bailey Humphrey looks really good in their centre bounce setup. He adds something forward. He's he's tough. Um, he's 
he was a t- he was a first round pick for for a reason, and we're seeing it. He's got all the attributes, hasn't he? When when you look at well, what do we want from AFL players, you said he's tough, he's athletic, can take a nice grab up high, good blow his feet, great in the middle. I just think he's going to be a fantastic player of the future, and uh, definitely one that we can hold on to. I, I think for a while. I think for as long as you need to. Yeah. I'd probably be interested to hear your thoughts on Ashcroft now as, as the resident Brisbane man uh, on this podcast. It, it's a strange one. It's a strange one. I don't know what it is. You mentioned before, you know, you've obviously got the home crowd behind you. But it, look, it's obviously a little bit hot in Brisbane. Is he, you know, the opposite of Rory Laird, you know, when it gets too hot for Rory, you know, he doesn't tend to score too well. We saw in round one, he, he pumped out a 50 because it was, you know, above 30 degrees. Maybe Ashcroft's just got used to the hot weather up in Brisbane and he doesn't like the cold when he has to travel down to Melbourne. He's a bit like Rory, but uh, in, instead of the heat wearing him, it might be the cold. I'm really not too sure, mate. It's it's a really, really tough one. I suppose you could go back and look at opponents, but I don't think there's much data to suggest anything there. He's obviously a really, really talented player, but uh, obviously, as we know with rookies, they're up, they're down. It's really hard to get consistency out of them. And to your point before, Sheasel has been really consistent for us this year. So he's probably the one that I like to, to, to keep on to if you were choosing between an Ashcroft, a Sheasel, etc. But look, the issue is with his fixture, he does have three out of his next five at the Gabba, but they're towards the, the end. And there's a couple of games after the buys there. So it just depends how long you're willing to hold on to him to get those games at the Gabba. And look, there's never a guarantee that he's going to score well just because he's at the Gabba. So there's certainly merit either way. It depends how much faith you've got in him as a pick and as a player. I've got a fair bit of faith. I watch him a lot as a Lions man, and I think he can really get the job done. And uh, I'm actually expecting a big game from him uh, the the week back when he comes down against Hawthorne. And I'll be watching him live there. So I'm hoping that uh, he does a good one for me. But uh, yeah, either way, I can definitely see merit. He's got a really high break even... Uh, coming into his next game. I think it's over 100 around 109. So it's probably a smart time to jump off. You could even go to Lockie Neal if you're that way inclined, his Brisbane teammate or one of the Frio boys. There's a few good options, I think, coming off there by. So, yeah, either way, I I wouldn't blame you. I don't think there's a right answer to trade him or not, to be honest. I think if you held him, you'd probably long-term it to that it's it's a it's a really far like you said but round 17 west coast at the gabba like that's that's going to be a game where he's going to kick he's going to kick a couple goals he's going to get a rack up a bit of the ball like um you'd probably hold him until that that period if you're not planning on upgrading him say next week or this week that oh, i agree so you either pretty much got to commit to trade now or commit to hold till around that point, mate, because that should be a really juicy game for him. And, uh, yeah, I reckon it, it, it's one of two choices. you, you got to make the decision this week, though, I think, and commit to that decision. I think we answered that one. Next question comes from Jeffrey Head on Twitter. So we had the DPPs come in after round uh, 11, and one of the best options that we can now trade into our forward line is Jack McRae. He wants McRae, but it means he can only get one of Eddie Ford or George Wardlaw. Who would you go for? Um, He wants to make quick cash so he can trade 
them out at their buy? Have to be Ford, I think, for my for my money. The lowered price, the role looks really good. Like he's not playing purely as a forward. Um, the as much as George Warlord is an absolutely brilliant footballer, and I have no doubt he will continue to be a good footballer. Like the the price differential in terms of the one ninety three versus, I believe Ford's what one twenty three, one oh two. One twenty three, yeah. So one, yeah, bargain basement. Like that extra, that extra fifty sixty k really makes a difference. And he's got the higher negative break even. Like there's, there's really sort of that's that's the quick cash option. And uh, Eddie Ford scored over a hundred in his first game. Scored eighty three in his second game. His break even is like minus one hundred and fifteen or something ridiculous like that. If he, he only needs to score another 80-plus score in this next game this week, and he could possibly add 200K to his price by the time the North Melbourne buyer comes around. Whereas George Wardlaw had a great first game, but didn't have a great second game, so that cash won't be, as ma- won't be made as quickly. So you won't be able to get as good of a player if you get Wardlaw instead of Ford. So if you're looking at only getting one of Ford or Wardlaw and you're looking to make the quick cash to then trade out, I think the answer is Eddie Ford. Mind you, I I like both and think both have pretty good job security as it stands. Yeah. Yep. Couldn't agree more. And uh, I think Eddie Ford, I'd go as far to say he's a must-have this week. I think he's an absolute must-have. I think you're nuts if you don't bring him in. He's got the round 14 buy, which is going to hurt a lot of us, I think. But by then, as you said, Damo, he's got the chance to make a lot of cash and we'd be happy to possibly flip him by then. So I'm all on board there. With George Wardlaw, you've got to remember that better score that he had was in round one. That'll be out of your system really quickly. And that lower score will be in for the next couple of rises. So I'm definitely on the Eddie Ford train. If you ask me who I'd rather have for the rest of the season, it's probably Wardlaw. But if you're after that quick cash option, which I think that was the question, then it's forward by an absolute country mile. Absolutely. I agree. The next question comes from um, Clarkie. It's me. I have a question. <laughs> Here we can go. you skip Jack McRae? Can, can we, is that, is that a hundred percent must buy this week? option because that, that's probably my biggest question for this week it's not a matter of Eddie Ford for the quick cash injection and I'm back and forth in between trading Ashcroft this week to Jack McRae but a little bit unfavorable for my buyers and I can feel like I can work that out over the next two uh, alternatively not making that trade and then trading Ashcroft to somebody else next week um, but Jack McRae obviously will probably hit you know He's four five seventy four at the moment, break even of forty one, up against Geelong at Marvel. You probably say that's that's a one twenty game for Jack McRae. That's a one twenty game. Let's let's be real. So he's probably gonna hit over six hundred K next week. Clarkie, can I you're having one of your best supercoach seasons in a in a in a while. Historically, ever. Yes. <laughs> and we were talking during the week and you were saying that you want to try and get better. You, you want to hold on to this good rank. You want to continue rising up the ranks. 
do you think skipping Jack McRae is going to help you do that? It's not a matter. It's a it's a matter of long term economical decision versus. Well, I've got Jack McRae this week, like, and that's all that matters because it's good this week. So if you skip Jack McRae this week, and he obviously will surpass that break even, you would think. I probably won't get him. Um, do you have another primo in mind that you can jump on pretty soon to to make up for that points difference? I am planning on bringing in Andrew Brayshaw next week. And I can't hate you for that. Because he is he is in he's in the same position as Jack McRae, really. He's a player who has upside of one fifteen to one twenty and he is very cheaply priced for that kind of output. And look, you may be sold on him, you may not be sold on him, like individually, uh, listeners or dear listeners, but you can't really argue when he's five eighty He's just coming off a 127 and he's having a rest after, by his own admission, having a knee injury up until as recently as what, round seven, eight. So he's all, he's got a 149 in his, in his history, 134 coming off a 127 and they play Richmond, GWS, Essendon, Western Bulldogs. So I don't know, this is a very personal question, so I don't want to make it all about me. Um, but that's kind of my, my Sophie's choice for this week. And I, I feel like a lot of coaches are probably deliberate, deliberating on the same thing where it's, well, he's so cheap this week. Next week makes it, well, I've got to really plan to afford that. Well, Clarky, you're not the only one who will have that question. So it's not as personal as you yes. think. <laughs> but I think if you don't bring in Jack McRae this week, there must be another premium in the future that you're going to jump on pretty quickly to make up for those points that you're going to miss out on. But remember, Jack McRae does have that buy coming up. So whoever you jump on, so if you're jumping on a Fremantle player after this week, he will then be able to make up those points by playing that that extra week on the run home. Whereas if people are trading in Jack McRae now, then have that another that buy to to navigate when when he's having his rest. So I think it balances out in the end. It's unbelievable, isn't it, that we're actually talking about Jack McRae as a forward. Like, this bloke's super coach <laughs> royalty. He's going to go yeah. down the absolute super coach Hall of Fame. I think the issue is that that, that CBA role, it's, it, it's been there, then it's been taken away. And obviously, he, he was even a lock to get DPP before the last round. So he has been spending a lot of time up forward. I think he's been spending a little bit more time through the midfield lately. Uh, I don't know what happens when Trelaw comes back. That Does that affect him? So I still think there are some question marks on the pick, but I absolutely agree in the fact that you probably go this week or you got to skip him for the for the short term anyway. If there is one uh, piece of advice that I... Out of the many pieces of advice that Lackdog has given me, uh, it's that you should always... Like, never just look at a player based on their average. Look at their total points because... That could be a really good indicator of like Jack McRae is a top ten. What's that? What's he? Six top sixteen. So he's sixteenth in total points at the moment of the entire. Like as a forward, that value in him, where even if he doesn't quite get the same CBA role, and I'd probably argue that Trelaw coming back would affect Bailey Smith more than Jack McRae, mm. um, or affect both of them in like a fifty percent each kind of way. Um, but you're still probably buying that as a forward option, I think. 
Hard to pass up, isn't it? Hard to yeah. pass up. Like you said, he's royalty. When the Queen asks to come to dinner, you don't say no. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Good point. Supercoach Battlers on Twitter want to know, um, what's our thoughts on flipping Will Day or Harry Sheasel to Christian Salem and banking a bit of cash? Will they, yes. Harry Sheasel, no. Clarky, me and you were chatting about Will Day yesterday and... The other day. It was after I saw an article that from, I think it was Fantasy Freako wrote it. Um, last year, we had a question about Zach Butters and we worked out that Zach Butters had, was getting the, the, the disposals, was... Looked, everything looked fine on the stat sheet until you saw the disposal efficiency. And that's and that's what we're getting with Will Day at the moment. So we've got a player who previously played at half-back, now has moved into a midfield role, and his disposal isn't quite hitting, hitting the mark as it stands. Young team, so there's every chance that he can improve in season. But I think... The, the scoring is going to come. He just needs to clean up what he does with the ball. So if you don't trade him, I think you have to hold him. And you can trade him at his buy. You can trade him this week, whatever works for your team. But there will, there will be a moment where something clicks and he turns it all around and starts pumping out 105s every single week. It'll be the week that I trade him. So I'll keep you posted, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Um, and sorry, and sorry, I wouldn't but, trade Harry Sheasel. I wouldn't trade Harry Sheasel. And that's one thing you worry about, isn't it? When, you, when you've when you been holding on to a day, like I've got him in and I haven't got a ton yet. I've got close. I think it's been a 97. But you're so worried, aren't you, that you're going to trade him out and then he's finally going to come good. You've been hoping, hoping, hoping. And you're always so paranoid, aren't you, about trading a player out, one that you've just been hoping is going to start to get back on the horse again, give you a few triple-figure scores. So... Yeah, I could see it going either way. I, I agree with you, Dame. I think the issue, particularly last week, was that disposal efficiency was down. I think it was only the six contested possessions that he had. So that's always going to hurt you as well. If you're not getting those contested possessions and that efficiency is right down, then it's just not good for Supercoach. I think the the other part of the question that is that should be addressed is, why Salem? Don't like, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, I love Christian Salem. He's an excellent ball user got a great haircut vibe um he is not going to be out of melbourne's best 22 barring injury or illness but he's also like 78 against port 88 against frio i don't think the ceiling's there like the the upside just isn't there for him in terms of like he's going to build into the season and i reckon he's probably going to get better he might have a couple games where he probably might probably cracks a ton like a low ton, I reckon. But he just like the ca- like the cash that you would get from Will Day to Christian Salem. Like you may as well try to upgrade Day to a Sinclair, or I would rather trade Will Day to Mason Redmond or Jordan Ridley. Based on current form, you know Jordan Ridley has a role where he can score one twenty plus. I don't want to bring in Jordan Ridley personally because he, there's there's a bit of heartache there. But you know. Um, <laughs> But I just think in terms of like, well, if you're trying to make cash, that's probably the main reason why you're asking the question. But I don't think in the grand scheme of things, like that's a trade that benefits you. 
because Salem, yeah, he probably pops out 70s or 80s, which is the same as what Will Day is giving you currently, but then you're just in the same position, but you have a little, like a little, even less than 100k. And every trade you make should aim to improve your points on field. I don't think trading Sheasel or Day to Christian Salem does that. I think it's very sideways. And yes, money has been hard to come by um, this year, but I don't think that's where where you should be freeing up the cash. Agreed. Next question comes from Pete. Um, he sent us an email. Um, he actually um, lives abroad. Um, Clarky, I believe you said he lived in Indiana, in the he US signed of off A. The email. Yeah, he signed off the email with Indiana. So thanks, Pete. Love, nice. love your work. That's great. Hey, if you're an abroad listener, let us know. We want to know. Why not? <laughs> Interesting. Mailbag going global. That's right. <laughs> okay, so he has given us a bit of backstory to this, so bear with me while I read all of it. I was looking at Butters and Ridley and reflecting on my frustration with both players. At the end of last season, both went on to his never again list. Against his better judgment, he succumbed to the lure of a new coach, a new game plan, returned to his usual role, and he started this season with Ridley. Since that moved, he has returned with back-to-back great scores, but he ha- he's not budging with Zach Butters, who he refuses to take off his never-again list, despite evidence to the contrary. Sorry, I'll, I'll point out there, I think that that's my fault. Uh, I left out a sentence there where he points out he was relieved when Jordan Ridley got injured uh, so that he could be dropped, but then returned with back-to-back good scores. Apologies, that's my fault. That's that's all good. Okay, um, to end it, hey, why is this so frustrating? Which players continue to frustrate us on our never-again list? Josh Kelly. <laughs> I love that boy. And I know he can do it. And the second, the second I don't, the year I don't pick him, you do this to me. You have a blinder. It's disgusting. And I I, I won't back down on that now. I think there's got to be a common theme here because I've also got a Giants player and it's Stephen Cornelio. (laughs) Every time I select him, he'd, he, he's just so frustrating. He scores like 70 points in one quarter and then 20 points for the rest of the game. And then when I don't select him, he scores 150. So yeah. So whoever owns him, I'm doing you a favor by not owning him because as soon as I own him, he's, he's going to average 84. Well, for me, I can relate to the Ridley selection because I started with him as well. I think last screw gave me was a 16 or an 18, went out for the week. I ended up getting Oliver in for him. Oliver lasted two weeks, so that was a, a terrible trade in, in in the end. But yeah, so frustrating to see Ridley come back 120, 130 plus. And the other bloke is Sam Doherty as well. Um, yeah. Started with Sam Doherty, had Jordan Dawson in all preseason, preached Jordan Dawson, then got tempted by that preseason game of Doherty's, slotted him in the side, and uh, yeah, traded him out. And he's come back and he's looked really, really good. So. Yeah, two frustrating picks for me, the Riddler and uh, Doherty this year, mate. On Sam Doherty, I, I agree as somebody who also started him and then had the relief of like, oh, 
like I have a reason to trade him that doesn't feel bad because I was really determined to stick fat with him. I genuinely think Carlton put too much pressure on him for what he does, which is why he wasn't scoring as well. Since returning with Sam Walsh back inside as well, the the pressure seems to have eased off on him so he can be Sam Doherty. Um, so while he's not quite on the never again list, I, I can completely understand why he would be on yours. Um Rory Atkins is probably one bad score away from being on my <laughs> on the list as well. <laughs> Zach Butters, same, I think same thing. Like I was just like, well, I can't. It's one of those. I think they're never again. It's these guys who have potential, but like the the moment that you have them, they're not doing it. Like it's it's players who have scarred you at a moment where you needed them the most. Yeah, and I think that's where the never again list comes from, and. Can we add Stuart Jew to the never again list because of Charlie Constable or, or is Charlie Constable the player who we have to put on the never again list? Because, because Charlie Constable was having great games and then, and then all these guys returned from injury and regardless of his performance, he, he was, he was shoved back to the, to the VFL. So, um, look, he gave us Humphreys. So I think, I think we broke even. <laughs> I think he broke even on that one. Who's on your never again list, listeners? Send them in for the next mailbag. We'd love to have a look at them. Yeah. So we've got three questions from the next listener. So we'll start with we'll start with their second question because that's the first one that I can see. <laughs> um, Roe has Tom Hawkins. Wants to know if they should trade him down or hold, hoping he, he finishes the season strong. Oh, that's a tough one. The Tomahawk, the key forward roller coaster. Uh, I think a lot of it, you, you'd look at fixture as well. I think the, the Cats are getting hurt at the moment through their midfield injuries. They're not getting that delivery. Oh, he's got a high break even this week. I couldn't tell you what is it in the 150s from memory. It is 159. I actually think you should hold him. The cats, the cats have a lot of games at GMHBA in this back half of the season. And he loves that ground. And Dangerfield is back after their bye. Uh, Cam Guthrie is due to return soon. Mitch Duncan should return soon. They've got all these players coming back, coming back. So you hold him for long enough and maybe you can loop him with someone off your bench. I'm not sure what your team looks like, Ro, but I think with the Cats having so many games at GMHBA to end the year, he could go on a tear heading towards finals, especially if the Cats want to feature in the finals. So my answer to this is based on their injury list. Cam Guthrie listed currently as indefinite estimated return time. Geelong still has one of like, it says a lot when at the moment, I think Geelong has still has one of the worst injury lists looking at it. There's just no real, Mitch Duncan should be back soon. As you said, Dangerfield is back soon. Gary Rowan is available this week. So to be honest, these are all positive signs for Hawkins, really. If there is anything that A, improves his delivery, um, or B, take some of the pressure away from him, like a Rowan. Um, 
it's good signs for all three cats forwards, the Hawkins, Cameron, and even Rowan. So I'd probably hold him until after his buy. See how he goes this week. Maybe hold him a little bit after his buy. Deal with your other problems first. Also, the round 14 buy, particularly for, sorry, round 15 buy, particularly for forwards, is really, really tough. So I think holding Tommy, particularly through at least to the round 15 buy, may be really beneficial because it's going to be tough to get bodies on field up forward during that particular buy. So having that friendly buy, I think, would lean me towards holding him as well. Uh, first question, I have finally found it. Um, <laughs> Roe wants to know about dropping Rowan Marshall for Kieran Briggs this week to pocket some cash for upgrades elsewhere on the field. And then in a few weeks, once Briggs has made all of his money, getting the best ruck available at that point. Um, note here that uh, they started with Wits and Marshall and they haven't they haven't touched their ruck line all year. Oh, do you want to be mucking around? Look, I, I I got rid of Rowan three weeks ago now, and it's when I got rid of Jordan Ridley as well. But the reason why I ended up getting rid of Rowan was to facilitate getting Oliver in my side. So I ended up getting Max Gorn in. Yeah. So this is this is terrible. I thought I'm going to get Max Gorn in. He's going to get DPP. I'm going to shift him down oh, forward. Oh no! Larry's in now. The must have. The captain each week. It was just. It's been an absolute train wreck. It's been an absolute disaster. So this this may be just because I've been burnt by it myself. But my advice would be if it ain't broken, <laughs> you know, don't try to don't don't do anything with it. Oh, that that's my advice anyway. If you got Rowan, he's fit. He's healthy. Just keep on to him. I wouldn't be stuffing around anyway. For, don't don't go around the ruck merry go round. It's not worth it. Too yeah, much pain. I, I agree. And for uh, for listener context, uh, anyone who wasn't aware, Max Gordon missed out on DPP by what was it? Point one percent. Point one. Literally had uh, you need 35 percent to get DPP. He had thirty four point nine percent forward time. Um, rip. But. The positive sign is that Max Gorn is building into the season still back from his MCL. So um, I think that's only going to improve, um, especially as Melbourne needs to lift up their game. Um, oh, sorry, that almost set me off again. Um, I... look, looking at Marshall, though, it, there was a period, like the 88 against Carlton in round six, I remember being bitterly bitter with. Um, 78 against Essendon, 96 against Gold Coast, 80 against Fremantle. But every other score has been over 100 and there's been pretty decent his run coming up he's got um sydney so that's hickey hickey's alive again um <laughs> richmond so nankervis big o and then uh west coast's uh tallest player uh who i assume at this point is it jake waterman who's who's left alec waterman which whichever one Gee, i don't know who who have west coast got bailey williams is still fit Oh, we good, good for yeah. good for West Coast. Yeah, good for West Coast. <laughs> um, I just think I, it's a cash grab that's going to hurt you in the long run. Like, don't you know? Don't cut your leg off to spite your face or whatever the saying is. 
I get the attraction of Briggs. He's he's fairly cheap. He's got to make a lot of money over the next few weeks if he continues to pump out hundreds. But it feels like too many people aren't thinking about what their team's going to look like coming out of the buys. Yes, Rowan Marshall's on a buy this week. Yes, Tim English is on a buy in a couple of weeks' time. So it might be nice to... Oh, and which says the buy next week for Rowe's situation here. So it would be nice to have that player playing in that position. But what does your team look like coming out of the buys? And does it look better or worse than when the buys began? So I think I think you hold on to the guys that you have and try and boost up somewhere else in your team to try and get those points on field during um, these buys. Because Wits and Marshall, if you've had them all year and you haven't touched them, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yep, absolutely. Keep, keep your hands off it. Um, on Briggs, though, uh, I do advocate for Briggs because <laughs> if he pops out another 100, then, you know, even like an 80, he makes two like 100K in two weeks. Easy. Quick in and out. Like, as I said, I can understand if you're struggling for rookies, but I don't think Rowan Marshall is the way to get there. I'd rather buy up from Madden in like using another trade kind of thing. Um, that would make more sense economically. And then you've got the cover for Marshall and then you flick Briggs in round 15 or 16. And their last question, um, on their bench, they've got Blake Drury. They went a week early on him. Oops. Um, Matt Roberts from Sydney and Charlie Constable. How long can you hold these placeholders? Uh, he did include that as an uh, they did include that as an anecdote to laugh at their expense, and I would never laugh at your expense because I also have Matt Roberts, and I brought in Sam Simpson, and I still own Charlie Constable as well. So there's no shame, bro. We make good decisions and bad decisions. Celebrate your wins. He's very highly owned, still Constable. He's <laughs> very very highly owned. Whenever I'm looking up for the stock market each week. You look at the break evens, Constable. Stick a look and looking at his name up there. Just give him a game. Come on, Stewie, give him a game. But absolutely no shame in uh, holding Constable. I think most of us have him. Roberts, we all jumped on as well. It's just he hasn't made enough coins to get rid of him yet. So there's certainly reasons for still having these blokes. Uh, that was tragic as well. Yeah, like yeah. absolutely no way anyone could have predicted that. Like at least, if, okay, I'm sure he's he doesn't care for it but you know at least he was injured and not dropped like there's there's a clear reason um he was only he's only going to miss six weeks though so to be honest there's a chance that could pay off long term (laughs) maybe (laughs) maybe uh and drury look eddie ford is your get out of jail free card (laughs) but lots of people went went early on drury so again you're not the only one who made that mistake and it's nothing to laugh at because there's lots of people who got sucked in. On a positive, they've all got DPP as well. So at least you may be able to move them, you know, get some action from different lines. That's always helpful uh, as well, having some DPP. Yeah, there's a loop on every line for everyone. uh, Sincotta is still owned by 48% of teams. Well, I think that might have gone up because people think he's going to come back in this week, which hilarious if he doesn't. <laughs> 50-50. Lex seems and, confident. And Rose finished the email saying, thanks as always, love your pod and all that you fellas do. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Rose. Thanks for listening. 
Good on you, mate. Fellas, who are our vice captains and captains this week? My current pick picks uh, uh, Connor Rosie and sorry, let me. I was looking at, I was trying to look at players who were still in, and uh, I'm going to put the C on Bont and Pelly, but I don't mind Laird as a C option this week. Yeah, I'm actually going with you on the port theme. I'm a Zach Butters owner, so uh, I'm chucking the VC on Zachy Butters. Dacos is tempting as well. Don't mind Dacos this week. Uh, and probably the other bloke I'm looking to go into as the C for this week is Zach Merritt coming up against the Ruse. I think he's not a bad shout as well. But it's tough to leave Bont out. But... Yeah, I've, I've, I've just got a bit of a feeling about Merritt. I think he could go really big this week. Bont, I think, is a pretty safe captaincy option. But I think if you're looking for that possible ceiling game, then you might uh, look to go someone like Azeret, who I think could go really big. Yeah. I really like your Connor Rosie call um, against the Hawks at Adelaide Oval. He does quite well at Adelaide Oval, um, Connor Rosie. Um, for... Uh, captaincy options I really like Jordan Dawson so I think both Adelaide big guns Laird and Dawson can do quite well um, against uh, the Suns at TIO Stadium so I think Laird and Dawson are pretty safe options there and um, Nick Dacos is another one to consider um, if you can make that switch real quickly because the Port game and the West Coast game are back to back but Mason Redmond scored 144 against West Coast in a pretty similar role um, just last week. So if Nick Dacos can pump out a 144, you'd lock that in every day of the week. I think if I had to put an avoid this week, I'd probably avoid any Suns players. So Noah Anderson, Matt Rowell. Um, ben Keys exists and has been keeping people pretty pretty honest this year. So I wouldn't really like any of them against the Crows. Um, same with, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how Giants midfielders will go against Richmond. It is at Giants stadium. Um, but the Giants midfielders seem to have been sharing their points quite a lot. Um, like Tom Green, a 95 and a semi Cornelio last week in a pretty decent game where there was a lot of ball going around. So, um, probably avoiding the likes of those guys. And I don't like Tim Taranto against the, against the Giants either. I think they'll be, they'll put a lot of time into him. Um, because that because they know what they're coming up against, so they will know how to um, how to shut him down. Gorn also might be a very loose if you want to just roll that dice against not Mark Pitnett. Um, so it'll be which DeConnig do Carlton have? Uh, Tom. 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 Probably Tom. Probably Tom DeConnig will be the ruckman there, interchanging with. Whoever, whoever in the forward line, Mackay or Kerno or whoever decides to do it. Um, so that could be good for Max, uh, could be bad. But if you want to really roll the dice because you're comfortable with your C, then why not? Beautiful. Hope you're right. <laughs> and that's all the questions for today. DR, thanks for joining in on the mailbag once again. It was great to have you back. Oh, thank you again for, for having me, boys. Always lovely to chat with you two. Beautiful humans. Uh, I had a great time, as I said, the first time coming on. And uh, I'm always a, a big listener, always a big fan of the channel. So to uh, to come on here myself is always a, a great honour and a great pleasure, blokes. And, uh, yeah, I hope all goes well this week and uh, for the rest of the season as well. 
if people have forgotten, can you remind them where they can find you? I will obviously got the YouTube channel. That's where I do do most of my work there. So you can just search up Supercoach with DR. And uh, probably on Twitter is the other place as well. It's uh, Supercoach underscore DR. You can find me there. Always up for a chat. And, uh, yeah, got a great community on Twitter as well. So, uh, yeah, catch me there and uh, always up for a chat. And, Clarkie, thank you again for being here. It's always a pleasure. Um, just like Maltesers should stray away from other flavors. Try not to do anything too crazy this week, <laughs> listeners, because it's really tempting. But this is the round to sort of set yourself up to succeed over the next few. And you got this. I believe. I believe in you. If you have a question you'd like answered on the next episode, all you have to do is tag your question with Jock Mailbag on social media or send an email to jockmailbag at gmail.com. And we'll talk next time.